Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. And welcome to Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hi, how's it going over there? Well, we're having a, a FaceTime issue. We're currently talking through WhatsApp, which I feel is the most Latino way to uh, do anything. So. I was about to say the exact same thing, so it feels right. The connection is different. Yeah. Than FaceTime, pero, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, definitely some technical difficulties. If our people can do this every day, then so can we. We can do this for our people. <laughs> I be, uh, Sometimes on the subway, like, Brazilians are also really... Uh, I live in Astoria, Queens, and uh, there's a large Brazilian contingency here. Mm-hmm. And they be on the subway just playing them fucking WhatsApp messages. Messages a todo mamón, just like not nary a headphone. And I'm just like, I now know your entire personal history, ma'am. So, well, I'm assuming they probably think absolutely no one can understand what's going on, but and little that's... do they know, I'm just like, well, your grandma oh. is gonna have a problem with. <laughs> Whatever it is. (laughs) I love that. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I talked to my dad today, and he was was very cute and like, I just found a hundred books on my Kindle. Found? (laughs) Yeah. It's his 80th birthday on September 15th, which is also the Nicaraguan Independence Day. Everybody Mm. make note, please. And the first day of Latinx History Month, so... Also, take note. Wow, lots of things happening. So many things. And what my dad likes to do for his birthday is he likes to take a picture of himself and send it to his friends (sighs) that, quote, are still alive. And uh, so he usually has me take, like, a screenshot of our FaceTime Uh phone call. <laughs> okay. Which I think is adorable. But this time he's like, no, I know I can do it from my computer because my dad is technologically inept and he doesn't have an iPhone or anything. So uh-huh. he um he's like, show me how to do it. And I was like, this is gonna be hard. I live a gajillion miles away. And he sent me an email with the subject title in all caps, solved, and then the <laughs> What a dad body thing to of, do. <laughs> yeah, and then the body of the email was a picture of him, and that's it. How'd the picture turn out? Fine. I mean, it was him. It was literally a test. This is merely a test. But while he was doing, while he was clicking around trying to find a way to take a picture of himself, he found, I guess, the Kindle application on his computer. Oh, right. And turns out <laughs> he signed up or something happened where he would like, they would download free books for him. Cool. Okay. And so he found a hundred free books and he says most of it is shite, but you know. Sure. <laughs> But at least he's got a hundred free books for him to like peruse around. So everybody, everybody knows that Eileen's dad is heavily Scottish. So, <laughs> right? Does everybody Hev- know that? I hope Shite. everybody knows my dad is heavily Scottish, and uh, <laughs> that's where. So and everything is. Both of our dads are turning eighty this year, which is yeah crazy. But our dads are also the white 
component oh. in our in our in our heritage <laughs> in our, our bodies moms, yeah or <laughs> our moms are the the latinx you know component side so of it's it all the, but yeah that's uh that's another thing that brings us together is a yeah the white, white ass dads. dads and the latina moms how are you doing i'm a touch frazzled i'm not gonna lie to you uh <laughs> I feel like I have this week horror thing like down by now. You know, yeah, I yeah. throughout you know, we have a week to prepare. I watch the movie so I can like take it in, then I rewatch to take the notes, I do my trivia, like I've got it down, but I've been very busy this week. You're occupied this I'm week. I'm occupied. There's just like I was talking to you yesterday yesterday. It just feels like the universe was like all the fucking things in your face just now. Do it now. <laughs> and yeah. So, but they're all good things. All a, good things. It's just but a they're all things overwhelming. That require a lot from you. Also. Yes, they do. So I'm going back to like my old school horror ways, which was literally waking up <laughs> the morning of talking about a movie and taking my notes. So I woke up. I mean, I watched the movie last night. I woke up early this morning to like take my notes. I did my trivia like 20 minutes ago. I was like, <laughs> like doing my trivia. So a uh, little frazzled, but very excited to talk about this movie with you. Well, so this week is your pick and you sent me a text. Yeah, we're, we're breaking the rules a bit. I don't think it's a total break of the rules, but we make the rules around here. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, so eat a dick, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but you sent me a text earlier in the week and you said, listen, I know it may be a little close to our last movie, but what do you think if we do Al Morir La Matine, and mm-hmm. which is a Maxi Contenti film who did Muñeco Viviente 5, which was Which was my last pick, ago. yeah. But the thing is, and I obviously was like, hell yeah. And I was thinking about it, and it's... A, I think this is the closest movie to like a release, uh, like an upcoming movie that we've done since I think La Llorona, which was our very first episode. Yes, I think you're probably right. So, you know, all of our other movies, we never really say spoiler alert at the top, but like definitely watch this movie before you listen to this episode because it's freshly out. They yes. y- The more eyes on this film, the better. It's available on VOD everywhere. Yeah. And not for nothing, but Moxie was very sweet and he like contacted us on Instagram about our episode on About Muñeco Viviente. <laughs> he sent us some and fucking he, uh, voice notes, which was so sweet. Some sweet sweet voice notes so thank you moxie for being such a lovely man and we are so pumped to talk about his brand new movie hell yeah al morir la matine absolutely so let's talk about this movie yes al morir la matine another reason i picked it is because when maxi sent us those sweet voice messages he was like by the way there are some fun muñeco viviente easter eggs in al morir la matine and i was like you Which know what i'm going to scream oh, them through <laughs> Scream, scream. Uh, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Um, but I was like, while it's fresh in our head, like we yeah. just watched it. So I was like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. So we're doing it today. Al Morir La Matine, which is from Uruguay 2020, written by Manuel Facal. I believe it's Facal, who was fucking rocambolido. <laughs> I said it correctly, Rocam- didn't I? Rocambolido. No, dude, it's rocambolido. No, no, it's es rocambolido. Rocam- <laughs> Dude, when I tell you, I was like, it's rocambolido, rocambolido, rocambolido. So 
I was like, it's no that. But the thing is, listen, after I fucked it up in MV5, I nailed it thereafter, but I was like, it's rocambolido. No, <laughs> Wrong, wrong. Rocambolido. Puta, I will never get it. So, written by Manuel Facal. No, es rocambolido. <laughs> rocambolido. So sure. With an original idea by Maxi, by Contenti, Maxi Contenti and directed by Maxi Contenti. Why don't we get a little synopsis? Of course. Thank you again, IMDb. You do it for us all the time. It's a soaking wet day with rain pouring down, and one of the best things to do is to go seek refuge in a great old cinema. Yeah. There's just one problem. A murderer is on the loose, and he also has taken refuge <gasps> there. Okay. I love Creeps, it. Creepsville, Creepsville. 5000. <laughs> Let's go to this movie theater, all right? Ready? Yeah, ready to go to the movies. We open with, I'm just going to say right from the top, the music in this movie, very cool. Fantastic. Cool, synthy, spooky, yeah. 80s-ish music. Yeah. We get these great aerial shots from the water approaching what I assume is Montevideo. We see this big abandoned, huge boat, smokestacks. Everything looks very industrial. Yeah. Dark and nulao and moody as fuck. Yeah, the, the, a storm is a Bruin. We get our title card, very cool, creepy red letters, Al Morir La Matinee, which by the way, it's called The Last Matinee or Red Screening in English. Sure. The aerial shots continue and we see a red car driving through this industrial town and then we're in the car and whoever is driving it is listening to the radio. I'm not sure this is important, but the thing I caught on the radio is the announcer saying, the youth are not feeling safe on the streets or at home. I was like, hmm, Ooh, interesting. I'm really glad you picked that up because I mm -hmm. was like, oh, there's something going on porque la juventud, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Pero it was just quiet enough mm -hmm. and I rewound it a few times, but it, this part wasn't subtitled. Right. So I was like, mira, no importa. But yeah, I'm glad vale, that you picked it up. I could be wrong, but I think that's what was said. So this red car continues driving and it comes to a stop outside the Cine Opera and it's raining like crazy. Cats and dogs. And I just gotta say outside the, the scene uh -huh. we see like the movies that are playing and one is Dinosaurio which I'm just gonna say it's gotta be an homage. Lagarto. 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 It's gotta be. You have to and be. <laughs> another thing I'm gonna say is that because Moxie was like Easter eggs guys I, I was looking looked everywhere. I was like <laughs> just eyeballs everywhere. Like where is it? I was I think I overdid it a little bit to be totally Me too. Pretty sure I pushed it a little bit too much. Pero the other posters are Frankenstein and Policia Robot. Which looked a lot like, it looked a lot like the doll. And I was it like, did. maybe, maybe this is it. Pero it's not. Yeah, close enough. Also, I just want to point out, which Please. I was like, I don't know if Johnny will have noticed. Tell me everything. These three posters are on top of like the marquee uh, where it says Cine Opera. But then yeah. on the other side, there's a big like billboard for just like commercial a section of whatever's next door to the movie theater. Uh -huh. And on that poster <gasps> is a duck hunt gun. No, damn it. Oh my God. <laughs> Amazing. I did not catch it. Okay. That's what uh, I, I'm so excited for all that shit. 
Didn't catch it. Listen, watch Muñeco Viviente 5 before you watch this movie. I'm just going to yeah, say seriously. it. Yeah, like, seriously. Do yeah. it. Just fucking For do reals. it. Okay, so we then get a little, I guess you would call this an intertitle that says Montevideo 1993, which I love that we're set in the 90s. Yeah. We're now inside the red car and we see a hooded figure who, by the way, he does have a title, but I'm not going to tell you what it is until later because it would be spoiling something. Mm-hmm. So this figure pulls out a big jar of olive juice, which is disgusting. He fishes on an olive. We get this close-up shot of him eating it. Apple. There were like pieces in there that I think were like maybe garlic or, or sure. other pieces. Like of, that you would um, stuff a, a, an olive of, with. An olive with. Yeah. And I swore to God it was teeth. I was like, ooh, <gasps> there's teeth in there. I was like, son dientes, son dientes. I thought he, w- I thought he was pickle juice at first and that he was going to drink. Because I know people drink fucking yeah. pickle juice. Either way, gross. Yeah. So he closes up the jar, opens the glove compartment where he pulls out some black leather gloves, which he puts on, which very giallo. Yeah. And this movie is very giallo inspired. He grabs a red bag. He steps out into the rain and he goes into the cine opera. He buys a ticket from the little boleteria as kids and their parents are leaving a movie that has apparently just ended. It's a really great shot of like slow motion people like coming down the stairs. Very cool. And it's like a lot of people and you can tell this isn't like an AMC. This is like a a beautiful old school theater. Like this is a, a staircase that goes up that's kind of like turning and it's a beautiful lobby area and uh, along the walls of the stairs you see movie posters and amongst those movie posters what is it what is it muñeco viviente (laughs) five i saw that and was so happy just so happy me too squealing Um, also by the way a little early trivia this is actually a theater that maxi used to go to as a kid so as all these people are leaving the theater, one of the kids spills a bag of gumballs, which go like slow-mo rolling down some stairs. Again, very cool shot. The kid's mom is like, Diego, hurry it up. And he's like, Shaboy, mama. <laughs> and then the hooded figure hands Diego a red gumball. And off Diego goes. Very ominous. Again, everything in this movie, ominous. Yeah. And by the way, also featured in the posters is Dario Argento's opera. Right. And El Unicornio Travieso, which I believe, I looked it up, I believe that's the last unicorn. No way, your tattoo. My fucking tattoo, dude. My hip tattoo. Wow. So the hooded figure goes into the theater as it continues to empty and we see the credits rolling. And then an usher comes in and he ushers out three boys who are there playing with little like dinosaurs. Audio toys again. I was like, Lagarto. <laughs> the, bo- the boys hesitantly leave, but as the usher walks away, we see that one little boy is still hiding in the theater. Did you hear the song playing? I did. The the dinosaurio song, the little dinosaurio. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the usher then tries to get a, this old bearded guy to leave, but the beardo, he seems kind of like like medio loquito. He's like, yeah. No, I've seen this one before, and he won't budge. He won't leave. We then meet Anna who's this young woman, I'd say like late teens, maybe early 20s. She goes up to the ticket booth and she has an exchange with the ticket vendor, Maria Julia. During this exchange, we learn that Anna's dad is the projectionist and that no one is here to relieve him of his shift. So it seems that Anna has come to pick him up. In the exchange with the Uh boletera, this woman says, it seems like you're the only one who saw the the weather prognostics because she arrives with an umbrella. Mm -hmm. And Anna says, didn't anybody see the clouds? Uh And this woman says, acá nadie ve nada. 
solo película de morondanga, which I was like, that's fantastic. Absolutely. And I was like, this is some foreshadowing, is what I that phrase was for me. Mm-hmm. Acá nadie ve nada. Mm-hmm. I just want to point that out. I mean, it's basically like nobody's paying attention. Like nobody, nobody's got their eyes peeled. So we're in the projection room, and Anna's dad is sneaking a cigarette, which when he hears her approaching, he like quickly puts it away. He puts it out in like an old real tin. Anna comes in, and she's like, "You lied to us. You promised you'd be home at 8 p.m." And the dad's like, "What?" am I supposed to do? There's two projectionists and the other guy called out last minute. And we can tell like that this dad is in poor health. Like he's surprisingly older than Anna. Yeah. He's clearly smoking. He can't stop coughing. He's hiding the smoking from her clearly. And it seems like he's had a recent health scare. He's very cute. He's a cute little old man Their rapport is really cute. very sweet. It's very, very good. It it gave me very much like dad-daughter relationships in 90s movies like absolutely that definitely i was like this is you're you're giving me the era right yes now. like a little biting but very loving you know what i mean yeah so anna insists she's like i'm staying and you're gonna go home you taught me the ropes when i was five i've got this and plus she's like i got some studying to do so i can get that done here maria julia already called you a cab so just get out of here dad and he's like no you don't you don't know how to change the projector format so she goes up and she changes the projector which i was like this is so cool i have no idea what's going on but very cool to see we get a solid amount of like old-timey movie theater tech work like we see the big old projections yes the the movie theater itself is obviously one that hasn't been very updated like it's just it's classic i'm at the movies you know what i mean and i thought that was really fun you see the film reels there's posters everywhere of old Mm -hmm. movies which is really fun to look at it's like our generation of like connecting to film theater experience yes like it's just it's honoring that I love that so much for sure but then he's like so after she does the projector switch he's like well what if a frame gets stuck in front of the lampara and she promptly replies the frame will burn and split in two so I have to disengage the roll glue it together and thread it back while everyone in the audience they abuchea love that (laughs) and she's like and by the way you said that that rarely happens so nice try dad and the dad is like everything is imprescindible which I thought Shakira. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Remember that album? That album was good. And then... uh, And he's like, you never know what might happen. But then the usher comes in and the usher's like, there's a cab here. So the dad's like, ¿sabes qué? Me voy. By the way, the usher's Mm -hmm. name is Mauricio. Yes. And just to talk about the posters on the wall real quick, like, your eye would be caught by the many, many posters. But the one that stuck... The ones that stuck out to me were Duel and fucking Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, which I was like, hello, MV5, which I don't remember which which one it was on the wall. I don't remember either. But I was like, I love it. Indiana Jones. What was it for you? For me, it was Army of Darkness, but in Italian. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Which is very cool. So now we're in the actual theater and a young couple arrives. Their their names are Gabriela and Horacio, pero I never heard these names. So for me, Me the guy was Doofus (laughs) and the the girl, the lady was Cigarette Lady. That's what I got for you. For me, it was Nerd and Cool Lady. (laughs) 
Yeah. She's cooler than he is. He's kind of like awkward and, you know, weird. He's cute, though. Oh, he's very cute. Absolutely. I love a nerd. So they seem to be like on an awkward first date. They arrive. The pre-show commercials are playing. And I'm assuming these are like actual... Empanadotas Locotas is what was playing on the screen. I'm assuming this is actually stuff you would see in Uruguay in 93. Like, you would have seen these commercials and shit like that. You know what I mean? You'll find out in trivia. Oh, everybody, hold on. Also, this is a stretch. Like, I'm going to tell you a stretch. But he was wearing a bomber jacket, and I was like, is that Garso's bomber jacket? I don't know. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's a stretch, y'all. So we're outside the theater in the rain and the usher sees the dad off in his taxi and we meet a group of teenagers. These are Esteban, Angela, and Goni. They're chupando some vodka, which I love that Angela said chupando because that reminds me of living in Bolivia. And I just love that the slang is like in other parts of Latin America that I didn't, I didn't realize. Right, el chupe. Yeah, they're chupando outside the theater. And then Goni says, Brooke Shields. That's who the girl on the bus reminded me of. And Esteban is like, oh my God, dude, again with the girl from the bus, get over it. And Goni's like, well, haven't you ever seen someone and thought this might be the last time that I ever see this person? And again, dum, bum, bum. hello, like the dad being like, imprescindible, Shakira. <laughs> and this guy being like, who, you, you might never see somebody again. It's just ominous vibes all over the place. Like you can't escape the fate of what's going to happen to you tonight. Yeah. So we're back in the theater with our awkward first date couple watching these old ass commercials. The lights go down and the film Frankenstein Day of the Beast begins. Right. The little boy who a little bit earlier found a chocolate bar on the floor comes out of his hiding spot. He starts to watch and just then the three drunk teen comes in and they're loud and annoying and I would have been <laughs> Oh my god. When that old man started getting annoyed and yelling, I was like, well, I found the character that I connect to the most because it's that guy. I'm that old man. In my notes, I said, this is me in 30 to 40 years. This is me. (laughs) This Um, is me now. This is me now (laughs) at 38. I would be like, oh, god damn it. These fucking kids. Well, you know what it makes me think of? Like, when we were this age going to movies, is this, was this us? Like, were we? assholes like this i I can't remember i'd like to think that i was a little bit more respectful but maybe bro i I know know myself now as a Mm -hmm. as an adult woman that my vocal cords like i know i am a loud human being so i Uh know this day and age probably just at a normal restaurant somebody is like shut up up so i can only (laughs) imagine me at fucking 16 being a full actual waking nightmare to everyone around me so well the thing is i remember going to see movies with you in nicaragua Mm -hmm. and when it was the two of us i remember us talking but being very respectful like being quiet but if it was a group oh all bets are off nightmare fuck it oh i apologize everybody anyway yes to all of you around us (laughs) I apologize now for me now. (laughs) 
<laughs> so these three drunks come in. Angela fully is so drunk she like stumbles onto this old dude, which who I had noticed before that this poor old man just sitting there minding his business. But then Mauricio, the usher, comes in. He takes us up. He takes them up to like the mezzanine area. But then that beardo comes out and he's like, "Cáchense la puta que los parió, por qué no se van?" Uh, which I oh, just since you told me yes. what that means, I was like, I just fucking love that line so la much. Puta que lo parió. <laughs> so he goes off, which good for you, do you just save your life? Yeah. A little bit later, the usher comes back into the theater and he brings this pretty young woman who's got these big eyes, this long brown wavy hair, and all of a sudden we get this like weird, hopeful, like 80s style rom-com music. Goni notices this girl and he's like, holy shit, bo. That's the girl from Brooke the bus, Shields. the Bondi, Brooke Shields. Then we're back up in the projection room, and Anna is starting to study while listening to the radio program Los Ojos de la Noche. <laughs> Hello, Ojos. And then uh, she she sees this cute pic of her as a kid with her dad, and that's where we see La Armata de la Tenebre, I assume is how uh-huh. you would say it. And by the way, yeah. Army of Darkness, I don't know if this is unpopular, but my favorite of the series. A great one. Oh, it's so good. And then we're back in the theater, and I'm not going to lie to you. So Frankenstein has started to play. We get like a little jump scare from the Frankenstein movie where this woman is bashed in the head. Yeah. I jumped. I jumped too. And then we see the poor little kid in the theater is like starting to get spooked by the movie, which is fucking adorable. Buddy. And he's tr- still trying to conceal himself because yeah. he's like, I'm here. I know I'm not supposed to be here and so he's just like really tucking his head behind the back of the seat to make sure that nobody catches him what a fucking brave little kid I would have never never in a million years not even like a regular non-scary movie would I have done that oh yeah like uh, just upping the ante with the fact that it's actually a scary movie and you're by yourself same here never would have done this so he's all crouched down and then all of a sudden the hooded figure appears from where he was sitting back in the darkness. He grabs his red bag and he ro- he walks down to where that old man that Angela fell on top of is sitting and we get this really, really cool shot where we're mostly focused on the scared little boy watching this movie while behind him, kind of blurry. Unfocused. Yeah. We see the hooded figure attack the old man just as an attack is happening actually on screen in the Frankenstein movie. And it seems to me that the killer strangles the old man. He comes from behind of the old man and I think either chloroforms him or does something to because he covers the man's mouth or maybe like suffocates him of some sort. Something happens from behind and then on the screen we see Frankenstein with a branch literally shove a full like (laughs) thick horrible tree branch in a man's mouth I was like whoa this is pretty awful too holy shit well he like beats the shit out of this guy with this tree branch or whatever it is and then shoves it in his mouth but then we see Uh this fucking killer this is called a melon corer. Is that what it is? I wrote a, uh, an ice cream scoop. It's like a baby ice cream scoop. It's smaller. The melon corer is a lot smaller than the one uh, that that one is, which is why okay. I thought it was an ice cream scoop because a melon a melon baller is a uh, uh, baller. That's a what melon it is. Yeah. baller is genuinely they're like teeny teeny tiny. Sure. But this one felt just like a small ice cream scoop with like the like the click thing that <laughs> yeah, like yeah, will. Yeah. 
unscoop it for that's you. That's why. You know? That's why I think it's ice cream scoop because melon ballers are literally just like a very round spoon, like a so deep. You just, yeah, you don't. They don't have the clicker outer. Honestly, it's better that it's a baby ice cream scoop. <laughs> like that's yeah. a lot better. So the killer pulls out this baby ice cream scoop out of his red bag, and we get a full inside of an eye socket shot of the killer gouging out this poor old man's eyeball with the baby ice cream scoop. We are in the man's skull. Blech. I loved it. As you I like to say, Wacatela. Was... Oh, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. It was awesome. It was fucking it's awesome. It's so good. After the killer is done, he grabs his red bag and he walks off. And then we're back in the projection room and Mauricio, the usher, comes in. He's asking for his alarm clock. But Ana can't be bothered. She's studying. She's busy. So she's like, I haven't seen it. And then Mauricio's like, can I have a cigarette? Your dad keeps them in the upper right Pucho. drawer. Pucho. Which, you, which is very much uh, a South American thing. Thing I say. Absolutely. Also reminds me very much of Bolivia. When he says that about the upper right drawer, Anna is visibly upset. So she opens the drawer and under some files are a bunch of cigarettes, which Contentis! Contentis brand cigarettes, which, I mean, <laughs> Love nice that. touch. Meanwhile, this fucking usher, Mauricio, has gotten super comfortable. He's sitting down on the couch reading a newspaper that that says, Tornados en la costa Montevideana? Tornadoes on the coast? I sure. wrote it down and I was like, ooh, I'm going to Google to see if tornadoes actually uh-huh. hit Uruguay. And then I forgot to and never found out. Wait, I... let's look it up now. <laughs> yeah, do it. Powerful tornado strikes <gasps> Uruguay, killing four Holy and shit. injuring hundreds jesus Christ. <gasps> what year was that this was 2016 oh my god wow so there you go does uruguay there get tornadoes go. according to the weather channel severe weather expert dr greg forbes uruguay averages one tornado per 10,000 square miles every five years wow so there you go had no idea me neither i wonder also if there was one that happened like in the early 90s or something like that. i wonder maybe, that'd maybe be cool that's what it was So he's reading this newspaper about the tornadoes and he's like reading their horoscopes, which I was like, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You know, when when they're in the van and they're like, this is going to happen to you. You're going to your day is going to suck. You're going to be chased by a killer, basically. Capricornio and Aries. Yes, right. Ana is a Capricornio and he's an Aries. When Mauricio was like, I'm guessing you're a Virgo. I was like, that was my guess, too. (laughs) (laughs) But then Ana's like, dude, I've got an exam in three days. I have to Fuck study. Off. Please leave. So he leaves. She gets up and lock the do- locks the door, which, good girl. So on his way to smoke, the usher says bye to Maria Julia, the, the ticket lady. She gives him the keys. And he's standing outside in, like, the awning of the theater by the rain, enjoying his cigarette, when a gloved hand comes out of nowhere, scared the shit. I knew I it was coming. I was like, where, where, when is it? So high. I was like, oh, bumped my head in the fucking <laughs> ceiling. So the hooded figure grabs Mauricio who drops his cigarette in a shot that was very reminiscent of Muñeco Viviente to me because you know like the cigarette falls like boom 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 yeah but each fall of the cigarette is a different shot very cool but then we get an even cooler shot close up slow-mo of this killer slicing like close up slicing Mauricio's throat and smoke smoke comes out of the slice. Amazing. Slow-mo. Amazing. Great music. What a fucking shot. Great kill. Dude. 
<laughs> so the killer drops this uh, this usher's dead body to the floor, and he grabs like I'm gonna call it a crank to he that he uses to like yeah, close yeah, yeah. the grate of the uh, of most, the theater. Most, most people have it. It's just basically like a, a long, long pole spear. thing. Yeah, yeah, and then it has like a, a handle for you to be able to like turn the part from the top that you can't reach to bring down the grate or like the blades or whatever the fuck the sure. security part yeah. to close it up. And then so after it's closed, he takes the the crank, I'm going to say, and he like shoves it into the gate. He pulls it so it leaves a sharp point on the crank now and they're locked in. So you're locked in and you're fucked. You got a fucking serial killer <laughs> on the loose. So we go back into the theater, and Goni is still obsessed with Brooke Shields, but he can't quite get up the nerve to talk to her. Esteban is like, don't do it, dude. Angela is like, do it, go talk to her. Can I just point out that Esteban is wearing a sweatshirt or a shirt, whatever, oh. that says Yuko Films, but you can never oh, really shit. see it. But Damn, there was a brief moment where I was like, ooh, that's a fucking Yuko Films, is. which is Maxi Contenti's Hello. film production company. So that's very cool. Nice catch. I I did not notice that. I'm telling you, bro. I was like, I am studying every detail. Pocket of terror everywhere. I don't care if a <laughs> fucking monster pops out of there. I am seeing if there's an Easter egg. <laughs> I mean, that's what I love about this is that, like, this is a, he's a new filmmaker, but he's already honoring his legacy. Yeah. Which, that takes balls. I like that, you know? Like, it's like. And it's also, it's a really cool way to have fun with your work, too. 100%. Yeah. It makes watching your movie more enjoyable, honestly. Yeah. You know, even if nobody fucking notices it, you know? When you're old and fucking on your deathbed and you're like, I'm going to watch this fucking movie and you're going to be like, I remembered when I put that thing there because I loved my other shit. It's great. Exactly. Honor your legacy, everybody. You should. Damn it. So... Finally, Goni. By the way, that is the nickname of a former president of Bolivia. I can't get over it. So Goni is like, <laughs> he gets up the nerve. He's like, wish me luck, guys. And he goes off. Just then, Anna, she takes a peek out of her like little projection window into the theater. And she sees the hooded figure, the killer, creeping up behind Brooke Shields. But then here comes Goni to save the day. And the figure goes away. So Goni's like, hey, girl. <laughs> It's fate. We're we're both here. And I was like, you're both here to die. Um, <laughs> and then the the music gets all 80s rom-com again. And surprisingly, she's kind of feeling it. Like, she's into it. Yeah. So we find out that she was stood up. These two start to chat. And by the way, just really quickly, meanwhile, in Frankenstein, we get this fucking cool gore effect where Frankenstein shoves his hand through a, through a, a priest's <laughs> chest and then, like, pulls him Yanked back. out. Yeah, I, I was like, whoa, Ooh. this priest death is pretty cool, too. So this, okay, so the Frankenstein movie, which, you know, we're talking about this movie. We can't get into it too much. But the practical effects were fucking cool. They're all gory, like, practical. It's low budge as hell. Yeah. But I was like, oh, very cool. Yeah. So now we're back in the projection room, and someone starts to try to open the door. And Anna's like, Mauricio. Fuck off. I'm studying. Go away. But the, the door rattling gets more violent. And then it stops. So Anna goes up and she unlocks the door, which I was like, no, girl, don't. please don't do this. But no one is there. Just an E.T. poster with the title missing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen E.T. since it scared you so much as a kid? No. I think it's time. Okay, so. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> just, all that. <laughs> just then, 
Mauricio's hidden alarm clock goes off somewhere in the projection room. Ana looks for it, she finds it, but she can't turn it off, so she goes to find Mauricio. We're back in the theater, and our awkward couple, uh, doofus and cigarette lady, are on their first date. They start getting frisky all of a sudden. I was like, okay, my guy, you're getting a hand job <laughs> in the movie theater. Holy <laughs> shit. This woman, like, all the scenes, I didn't really get into all their scenes, but th- she's very, like, I gotta go. No, wait, I'll stay. I, I think also, I'll go. She's, I was like, what's the game you're playing, girl? I can't girl? catch your vibe here. I don't understand you. But now she's whipped his dick out and she's giving him a, a hand job. Get it. Girl, listen. Get listen, yours, in, I guess. <laughs> no, I'm talking about this fucking nerd who is fully dating yeah. someone way out of his comfort zone and his like league. Yeah. And he fucking's getting a hand job. Hell yeah, my God, get and it. And she's, she's straight up like, you want me to stop? No, girl, no. of course not. <laughs> Aside from that, so the fucking doofus is getting jerked off, and then we see that the 80s rom-com couple Goni and Brooke Shields are very much getting along, and bam, getting busy in this theater. My favorite part of this whole thing, though, was Esteban and Angela. They see Goni and Brooke Shields making out. I love their reactions because they're both so happy for him. Yeah, they're like, oh, you did it, my guy. You did it. Like, I thought that was so sweet. And I like that they didn't try and force Angela and Esteban to be like... Yes. Like, I like that she remained just like, I'm a gal pal, and Esteban is just like, I'm also just friend zone like I don't need there's no funny business yeah, here this is fine let's not complicate things yeah but then fucking coming in to ruin the party the hooded figure sneaks up behind Brooke Shields and Goni and he shoves bro the fucking crank weapon thing into the back of Brooke Shields's head it comes Through out of her mouth her mouth into Goni's mouth and out the back of his head. Like literally made a kebab out of their faces. <laughs> yes. Awkward teen making out kiss kebab. Loved this. I mean, come on. Fucking cool. And then there was this great visual of like the two of them with the the spear through both their heads. Yeah. And the guy, the murderer behind them, you can't really, you can't see his head. It's just like uh-huh. shoulders down. And then his right. hands are outstretched like around them like almost like yeah. he's like ta-da I did it Ugh, yeah. like I love that visual of just these two dead teens and these two gloved hands on either side of him like I did it <laughs> and it's she's also like they're quivering because they're dying he and he holds just like holds them down he like them and smushes them, them together yeah it's Ugh. brutal and so all of a sudden all like shit starts to happen in this theater because so these kids just got kebobbed but then at the same time the doofus comes all over himself and the little the, kid pisses himself he's his pants because he's scared of a scary scene on screen yeah i i was like all of a sudden there's just a bunch of goop everywhere everything happened yeah. <laughs> goop is everywhere all the liquids all of a sudden are <laughs> happening at the same time which i appreciated and also speaking of goop this little boy who also has chocolate all, all over, his, over face. his face he very shamefully sees what he's done which oh my god it breaks my heart and he creeps off the doofus also has a cum stain on his pants so he's like, excuse me, I'll be right back. I gotta but like, go clean myself bro, up. Bro, my guy fucking, to quote Anchorman 2, a river of ejaculate. Like that, <laughs> there was like, uh, I was like, damn, bro, you fucking hella came. Yeah, yeah. He had a great time. He had a great time. <laughs> 
So he's like, excuse me, I got to go. And as he's going off, he slips and falls in some newspapers. And what I'm going to say is like kind of like the foyer of the theater, which in an earlier scene, we saw the killer wipe his knife after he sliced Mauricio's throat. He wiped his knife with these newspapers, which are now all over the place in here. So when the doofus falls in the newspapers, it leaves like a bloody stain on his ass. Yeah. So the doofus goes into the bathroom and fully just starts to like bathe his dick in the sink. (laughs) It's like, bro, you don't have to, like, fully wash your dick, my guy. Wet some paper towels. Yeah. Wipe it down. Like, it's fine. You can take (laughs) care of it later. Ana, in the meantime, goes into the theater. She grabs Mauricio's usher flashlight to look for him, and she finds the bloody newspapers. And as she's looking at the bloody newspapers, the little boy has, he he sneaks back into the theater. Back in because he, he, doofus runs in to the little boy in the bathroom after the little boy has tried to, like, wipe down all the piss from his pants and leaves behind like a square of toilet paper on the sink (laughs) and he runs out and that's him running back into the theater when she is finds the bloody newspapers on the floor so she finds the bloody newspapers the little boy sneaks back in and it's important to note that she does see him she sees the little boy yes and so she chases after him but before she can catch him he hides and it's at this point that Anna finds more blood on the handrail and like on some seats and it seems like that is kind of like the killer's hiding place where all this blood is so we're back in the bathroom the doofus is done fucking washing his dick in the sink when he notices the blood stain on his ass so he starts to clean it but then he hears the bathroom door creak so i'm assuming for privacy he goes into one of the stalls and it's all flooded ew so he stands up onto the toilet i guess to not get his shoes wet but then a hand comes over the side of the stall, grabs him, smashes Smashes his head against the side of the stall. The killer comes into the stall, attacks him. He's like smashing his head into the floor. We get a cool- teeth go flying. Ugh, bloody awful teeth coming out shot. Oof. (laughs) And then the killer drags him into the stall and is teasing him with this knife, which is just awful. I really like the sound design of that moment where like the knife passing on the skin yeah. and then like on the shirt but then you the sounds that they chose to use as it was passing through different like surfaces I was like this is some good design over here on top of the cool ass music playing in the background as well yeah very well done so the killer is teasing him with this knife he puts the knife like right up to his heart and bam stab, stabs him in the heart and is like twisting twisting and turning it. twisting Oof. it so much, dude. This is brutal. Yeah. We're now back in the theater and Anna has followed the trail of blood when her flashlight goes out. We hear the scary sting of music on screen in Frankenstein and when she looks toward the screen, we get this creepy ass shot of the killer just standing there a bit away from her. The way that the movie theater looks, because it's like an old timey looking movie theater, you get to the landing and it goes down into like the first layer of seats and then there's above the landing there's like a banister there area there's almost like a mezzanine type area too and everything is like red carpeted the seats are red and all that Mm -hmm. and uh, she's up in like the mezzanine type 
area. Yeah. So when she looks down after that sting of music and like the brightness of the movie screen, yeah. we see it gave me very much um, Scream. I know what you did Halloween. last summer. Uh, totally. All, like that slasher vibe of like, here's your murderer. Here's the killer. Yeah. You don't see his face. You just see him standing like arms to his side, legs like akimbo. akimbo. Like, <laughs> just like standing there and it's staring at her. Terrifying. But so fast. And uh, Another important thing that you just pointed out is we have not seen his face. No. We've seen this, his mouth eat, eat a yeah. fucking olive, but that's about it. But that's it. He's very dark, hooded, all in black. Never see his face up to this point. So she sees him standing there at the bottom of the stairs, horribly watching her. Her flashlight comes back on, and when she looks back, the figure is gone. gone. So she goes back to the projection room to study, and she's about to make a call, but for some reason decides against it, which, girl, you just found blood everywhere? Call the police. You should have been called the police. Call call your dad. Do something. So now we're back in the theater, and Angela turns to Esteban, and she's like, this is weird. Gorni and Brooke Shields haven't moved for like 10 minutes. So she says, I'm going to go talk to them. Meanwhile, the killer has snuck up to the cool cigarette lady who's still in the theater. Waiting for her sploogy boyfriend. (laughs) And he just walks right up to her and stabs her in the the heart. Chest. Again, also twisty, turny, stabby. It's just brutal. And just then, the film burns and the Frankenstein movie stops again. Lo imprescindible. Hello. Yeah. We cut back to the killer stabbing this poor woman. He pulls the knife out and stabs her in the eye. But like the way the way that they shot this was the camera like follows the knife. (laughs) into the eyeball and it's fucking gnarly but great it's so great Angela finally (laughs) is noticing something is not fucking right in this theater because people are dead everywhere something is afoot (laughs) she finds Gorni and Brooke Shields dead kebobbed to one another (laughs) she screams and now finally Angela Esteban the little boy they all see the killer and they all run except for the little boy who hides shit's about to go down here we go So meanwhile, Anna is furiously trying to fix the reel, which again, so cool to see her actually do like all this technical film stuff that she was talking about before. You pull the tape, you put it on top of the thing, and then you you snip it, it, you tape it, you do it. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. I love it. And then we're back in the theater. Poor Esteban trips falls as he's trying to run away. Oof, he is, again, viciously stabbed by the killer as Angela is just helplessly watching her friend being murdered. It's awful! awful. And fucking Anna in the in the screen room, she's like, she hears the yelling and she's like, oh, they're yeah. abuchandome. They're, they're, bo- yeah. they're booing me because the Esteban movie isn't screaming. Like, it's literally a man being viciously murdered. Oh, God, that's hideous. <laughs> she's literally like, chava! <laughs> <laughs> She finally gets the movie back on, but then she again peers down through her projection window and she sees Esteban's body just laying there. Angela, in the meantime, runs out of the theater and she tries that entrance gate and outside it's still raining and she's banging against the grate saying, Ashuda, which I was like, oh, no auxilio. It's Ashuda. Thank goodness. Right? Then we're back in the theater. Ana finds Esteban's dead body and we get this very, very Halloween style discovery, body discovery scene where 
she just finds all these all of the eyes bodies gouged out bodies. Classic. She goes one by one, and she for, first it's uh, poor Theban. She he turns him around, and the sockets are just like disgusting Ugh, mush. holes, mush. And then she turns and she's like, "Oh, another fucking dead guy." The old man, yeah, t- the, lifts his head, zero eyes. <laughs> then she goes over to the fucking kebab cigar- couple. Kebab the kebab couple and they're they're not only kebabbed but also zero eyes then she goes down to the cigarette lady again not not an eyeball to be seen (laughs) (laughs) you just you just reminded me so much with your i'm an asshole (laughs) You reminded me so much of fucking La Mano. Uh, La Mano. Oh my god, I'm an asshole. Kavaka, paka, paka. Okay, so what are we doing? So meanwhile, Angela, she's still screaming, "Ayuda, ayuda!" When the killer creeps up behind her, she turns to see the killer. This is awful. Him just creeping up on her. Uy, qué horror. Uy, 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 I, I mean that literally. Name of our podcast. <laughs> and uh, just as he's about to attack her, she like she eyes that there's a fire exting- extinguisher there. She grabs it, douses him in the face with it, and then slams his head with it. Good girl, and I was off like, yeah, she runs. Fucking yes, smash girl. The sh- fuck him up. Fuck him up. So we're back in the theater, and Anna is still Laurie Strode-esque discovery mode when Angela comes in with the fire extinguisher. I She's literally was like, out. girl, you have to snap out of it. Because she is Calmate. like, no, yo digo la otra. Like, Anna was like, uh, uh, I was like, ma'am, you oh, have discovered several people with no eyeballs. Y viene la otra. I was like, these two energies need to cancel each other out, and somebody needs to figure it out. Porque entra yes. la otra, and she's like, I was like, out of ten. No te entendí ni mierda. She's holding on to her fucking fire hydrant, like losing her shit. But thankfully, Ana does seem like after she discovers all these, she does seem to kind of come to her senses. So. Angela and Anna are together, but then the killer comes in, and this is where we finally see his face, and he's just some middle-aged just, dude. Just a regular Creepy old... Creepy looking, but some regular old guy. Just like a 50-year-old yeah, with like, a cap on his oh, head. Hey, sir. <laughs> So he comes at them, and then Anna grabs the extinguisher from Angela. She throws the fire extinguisher at the killer. They try to run, but Anna falls. She's grabbed by the killer. He's about to stab her, but here comes Angela to save the day. She's grabbed the extinguisher, and she bashes him on the head again with it. But I was like, girl, do that 10 more times right now into Knock the Knock him out. Just do it. So Anna and Angela rush out of the theater and Anna ties up the door with like a, a movie, court, like a, you know what I'm talking about? Like a, a velvet, velvet rope kind a of velvet thing. A velvet rope. Yes, Janet Jackson. Then they go to... <laughs> They go to the uh, boleteria to call the police, finally, but they can't get in because the keys are on Mauricio's dead body. Very quickly, back in the theater, the killer has come, too. He tries the door. He can't get out. But we see that the little boy is still in the theater. poor little kid. So meanwhile, Ana grabs the keys off of Mauricio's dead body. But then Angela, who is still at a 10, takes the extinguisher and she throws it through the glass of the boleteria. And Ana's like, girl, calm down. No seas desesperada. And they do a thing. He did something that 
I always have a complaint about in movies where uh-huh. whenever windows get smashed, people automatically climb through the holes like nothing's ever happening. What are you doing? And he basically was like, Anna grabs Angela and she's like, look at your arms. You're cutting yourself, you stupid bitch. Hello. And I'm like, thank you. Siempre pasa que la gente tira la mierda and they're like just climbing over glass. I'm all, bitch. What do you, you think are, is going to happen to you? It's That's not smart. That's how you're going to die. Yeah, you're slicing your wrist open, bro. So Anna's like, calm down, girl. I got the keys. Let me unlock it. So they go in. She unlocks it. They go in and they see that the fire extinguisher smashed the phone. And Anna immediately is like, tranquila. (laughs) Don't freak out because you're already at a 10. I already, I was like, (laughs) este Stupida perra, oh la cago God. for all of us. La cago. So, but but she's like she's like tranquila. There's a phone. There's another phone in the projection room. But before they go, Anna grabs a big ass shard of glass. We're back in the theater, and that little boy steps on some popcorn. The killer hears it, so the kid makes a run for it, and this is terrifying because the killer Great is slow mo moment too, like where he. But the like kid the is fact like, that he's—it's just a kid. I know like, he's, he's a chasing baby. him to kill him. But you're right, that slow mo chase, very cool. On their way to the projection room, Anna and Angela hear the boy scream, and Anna's like, "Shit, there's a nene the in there. I remember seeing him." So we got to go in there. Nene. So she's like, oh, what is it? Nene, not nene. Nene? Oh, it's because I had a friend who I called nene. So I want to say nene. It's, nene. It's un nene. <laughs> un nanoir. So. Un rocambolido. <laughs> So she's like, listen, we got to go help him. So she undoes the velvet rope. They go in and the killer is still horrifyingly chasing this poor little boy. He grabs the kid. He's about to stab this boy. But the kid kicks him. Kick him in the dick. He runs off. And then Anna comes in and stabs this dude right in the eye with that big ass shard of glass. Oh, God. Yes. I love it. So then Anna, Angela, and the boy go to the projection room. They lock themselves in, and Anna finally calls the police. Thank goodness. Okay, we're back with the killer. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) We get this. Oh, nasty my God, Johnny. scene. Oh, my God, like, dude. Shoulders I was to, the e- to the ears. <laughs> I was Ugh. screaming. I was literally like, <sighs> estaba en mi sala with my little computer, and my windows are open because it was hot as balls, and... I'm like, my neighbors must think I'm dying. Is there a murder happening? <laughs> because I was like, so, no! Oh, like, it's... It was- Crazy. Hideous, but Ooh. it's so well done. So we see the killer pull out this shard of glass in his eye socket, and then the eyeball is just hanging, hanging by the ocular nerve. And then he grabs the eyeball and slices <gasps> through the nerve with his knife and screams in pain. Oh my god! Oof. Fucking. Let us rem- remind awesome. you all practical effects. Safa, fucking awesome. Safafa. Safa, safafa. <laughs> So we're back in the projection room. We find out that this boy's name is Tomas, and then bam, the killer starts to bang at the door. There's a great, very 90s shot for me, classic, like uh-huh. very Spielberg y, also, as well, for me, where there's 
to bang at the door. Ana is standing, and then the two other kids, Angela and Tomas, stand up simultaneously on either <sighs> side of her. And I was like, "That's Very fucking cool. dope, dude." Classic. Yeah, super classic. So they huddle together, and then this killer just busts his way in. He's holding Mierda. the olive juice jar from earlier, but now it's full of eyeballs, Ooh. eyeball juice. Blech. He puts. <laughs> God. Okay, okay. Oh no. Like we thought that last scene was was about. Okay, here we go. So he puts the jar down. Oh. And then he opens his mouth, ah! revealing his eyeball in his mm. mouth, and like he takes it out, leaving like the nerve, nerve hanging threads. from his <laughs> from his mouth. Uh. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. So okay, so he t- he takes his own fucking eyeball out of his mouth. He unscrews the lid of the jar and he puts the eyeball in the jar, which he then uh. he stirs the eyeball juice with his finger, fishes out an eyeball, and in the meantime, Anna is trying to cover Tomas's <laughs> eyes, but and Tomas is like, like he's leaning like I, I want to see this. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> so the the killer pulls out that fucking eyeball and he. Eats the eyeball and the sound. Not just eats. He takes a bite out of an eyeball because it yes. eats an eyeball. It seems very like through the whole thing in his mouth and whatever. No, no. He takes, it was like a bite through the eyeball. Yeah. And it's a mixture of crunch and Ooh. squish. It was disgusting. Disgusting. Yes. And in the meantime, like, as you have this, like, close-up shot of his face eating an eyeball, his eyes, well, the one that is left, like, because one is just a mushy hole, but he's wide-eyed, just horrifyingly, insanely staring at them. Yes. It's scary. Aside from being disgusting, it's genuinely scary. He's, the face is terrifying. And by the way, let's talk about what this fucking guy is called. His name in the credits is Asesino Asesino Come Ojos. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so he eats this delicious eyeball and he starts to approach them with his little baby ice cream scooper, which he's like, click, click, which is horrifying. And then Angela is like, absolutely not. So she lunges at some (laughs) some movie reel tins. She throws them at him. Tomas makes a run for it, literally through the killer's legs. Ana body slams the killer, and then she runs after Tomas, leaving Angela alone. They straight abandoned that bitch. They abandoned her ass. Girl. Girl, your friend. Wow. I mean, I know you just met. I mean, I know you just met. Come on. So Angela luckily. I didn't notice this. There's a door behind her. So she opens the door. She goes through it. And in this other room, Angela sees that there's like a ladder leading up to the roof. So she climbs up the ladder. She opens a hatch leading onto the roof. It's still fucking raining out there. The killer grabs her leg, which scared. (laughs) I screamed. Scared the shit out of me. He pulls her back down. And then he drags her by the hair to the projector. I don't know how these things work, but he bashes her head against it. Kind of like dazing her. This is awful. I thought she was going to live. I was not expecting this. I was not expecting this. I know that the character was like a little bit grating and annoying, but I related to the character and I was upset to see what's about to fucking happen. I did not want her to go. Me neither. Like way to build, uh, way to make us care 
about a character. Totally. I wanted her to live. Me too. So he smashes her head against the projector. He opens a thing. I don't know what it is. It must be where like the light is. He puts her head into it and just like I'm gonna say like 20 times fucks her smashes up. her skull. So much so that like blood is spurting onto the screen of the projector so that in the theater it's all red. The screen looks all blood red. Anna has meanwhile chased Tomas into like a storage room or a basement where I saw, by the way, a headless standee of what I believe is a Crocodile Dundee 2 poster. Yes, I believe so too. I was, when the light first flashes on there, because it looks like there's like a short in like a box, a fuse box or something like that. Yeah. Because there's, it's all like flashing light. Yeah, yeah. There's sparks coming out of it. And when you see the flashing light, I was like, oh yeah, that's Crocodile Dundee for sure. So Anna finds uh, Tomas hiding and Okay, behind them. Is the muñeco viviente up there? Yes. <laughs> He's fucking in there. He's up there. <laughs> That's where he was. He's up there. You don't so get like a close-up. No, it's, it's Ana yeah. is trying to convince Tomas to get out of from amongst the rubble of this like storage space. Mm-hmm. And behind him and her is like some shelving units where there's like reels and real tins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And in one of the little cubbies sitting there with his little fucking body is fucking Pasqualini, el muñeco viviente. There he is. Very cool. I love that so much. Much. So she finds Tomas hiding and they go off. They go into the now blood red lit up theater. And she's like, keep looking at your feet, which I thought maybe don't. Like, I get it. She doesn't Girl, want him to see all the shit, but like, no, keep your eyes keep up your and keep your wits about you. Peeled. So she sits him down, tells him to wait, which again, I was like, can we just stick together? But whatever. She goes up to Gorni and Brooke Shields. She pulls that fucking crank out of their heads. But mm. so now she's got a weapon. Yeah. So Anna and Tomas go out into the lobby area and holy shit, here comes the killer from the bathroom behind them. Very Michael Myers at the end of Halloween. He slashes Anna in the back and she falls in pain. The killer comes for Tomas, who has fallen to the ground in fear. He's creeping back. The killer approaches him with his knife, his jar of disgusting eyeballs. He lifts the knife. He's about to stab this kid when here comes Anna. With that crank, she impales the fucker. Yeah. The thing comes through his back, out his chest, sprays blood onto Tomas's face. Poor thing. Trauma forever. Horrible, but this was so cool. Very cool. The killer drops his knife and the jar of eyeballs. The eyeballs go spilling down the stairs like the gumballs from the top. Same slow-mo shot. Great callback. And then the killer finally slumps to the floor. He doesn't even fall all the way. I like the way he dies. He like falls on his knees. Yeah. So then Anna limps off as we hear the police sirens approaching. She she goes up to Tomas. She's like, let me clean this blood off your face, which she does nary a thing. No. The police are able to finally open the gate. Anna holds Tomas as he just stares at an eyeball. And I thought, oh, this kid is fucked, fucked. forever. Fucked. Forever. Yeah. We zoom in on an eyeball. Fiend. That is the end of our movie. And then we get this like real cool, like, this like cool, like electro music over the credits of like popcorn popping, very classic movie theater. Yeah. And near the, like, if you watch the full credits, we get this very fun ass, like, dancey, housey 
hip hoppy song, which I hope we can talk about later. At least one of us will. I think <laughs> so, you uh, will. <laughs> that is, okay, great. I will. I absolutely will. So that is the end of our movie. Fun times. Let's get into some trivia. Sounds good. I have a little bit of everything. Sure. I'm actually really excited to talk about this stuff. Great. First of all, in the Wikipedia for The Last Matinee, it says, regarding the film's conception, Maximiliano Contenti stated that he wanted to make a film that paid tribute to both Italian giallo films and American slasher films. He added, I also wanted to pay tribute to the movie theater, Mm. to the ceremony of going to see a movie in a theater, to the dark, to the mystery that projections have. Have, which is something we may be saying goodbye to, which I thought oh. really, really actually made a lot of sense. Yeah. So on YouTube, I found an interview with La Escuela de Cine de Uruguay with mm. Max Contenti and also Ricardo Islas, who plays El Asesino Come Ojos. Mm-hmm. And in that interview, Maxi says that, first of all, Ricardo was one of the his first choices to play this Asesino. And Ricardo Isla says in the in the Zoom that they're talking in, he's like, Un hombre horrible que, que, que come ojos y que no sé qué. Claro que sí, Ricardo Islas. <laughs> and nice. Maxi says, I just want to make a note that at first the murderer was not come ojos. At first he was just a collector. Oh. And they didn't specify eyeballs until later on when they were making the movie. Oh, cool. Okay. Or writing the movie. So the film Frankenstein Day of the Beast is actually Ricardo Islas' movie, which is very cool. Amazing. And he's directed and written a bunch of horror films, actually. He's actually a pretty well-known Uruguayan screenwriter, which is how him and... Maxi met through like film festivals and stuff like that. We got to add some of his movies to our list. We sure do. Uh, another fun thing about the people that worked in this movie, the FX designer, the fucking lead special effects guy, is this dude, Christian Gruas. Mm-hmm. He was part of the Argentine special effects crew of the film Highlander 2, oh. which I thought. <laughs> Okay. All right. Which I thought was very cool. Highlander wow. 2 famously stars um, Sean Connery. So there okay. you go. So I guess I think they filmed part of it in Argentina, which is why he okay. was called on sense. to work on it. I've never seen a single Highlander film. I think I've seen the first I one. I know that it's Scotland is involved somehow, pero no sé cómo. Is Steven Seagal in those movies? No, but no, it's a man it? that's... it's. Um, the fuck is it? Vale oh. verga, no importa. Who cares? <laughs> Some guy. Some dude. It's the same guy who plays... I'm going to sound real nerdy right now. Same guy that plays Raiden in the first uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, my movie. God. Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. fucking Lambert. Lambert. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Christopher yes. Lambert. Yeah. Oof. That was a rough take on Raiden. Rough. <laughs> first of all, white man playing Raiden, who is famously <laughs> yeah. Asian. Oh, man. I oh, love boy. Mortal Kombat. Are though. you I kidding me? Cheesy-ass oh, movie. Oh, dude. The best fucking movie. <laughs> the best. Okay. So... The theme song for Mi Pequeño Dinosaurio, which is the dinosaur movie that ends right before the uh, the Frankenstein movie begins. Uh-huh. When we walk into the movie theater, there's a song playing. Right. Yeah, yeah. That you mentioned. Yes, which was written by actually by Maxi Contenti. 
and there's a trumpet part in it, which is played by Gaston Contenti, which is Maxi's oh. dad, who is famously oh my God. the dad in Muñeco Viviente Cinco. I love that. So Maxi's dad, Gaston, he is a professional musician, trumpet player, and you can stream his album Duos on Spotify. So stop. Go give right now. <laughs> go give Gaston a listen. <laughs> he deserves it. Yes, he does. So I found another interview with Maxi Contente, who by the way, I know he's fully in a relationship with a lovely lady mm-hmm. and everything, but I deeply fell in love with Maxi Contente. <laughs> he is so fucking cute. Moxie, he is very I, handsome. I'm just letting you know now. God dang it, you yeah. are attractive. So listen, we've got little fan crushes on you. Over major here. fan <laughs> crush. Uh, so he did an interview with Horror Buzz on YouTube, uh-huh. and he explained how he found these two locations that he used to film this movie. And he talks about how the way that the movie came about was uh, he really wanted to keep it to one location, which would save financially. And Mm -hmm. that also really led to making it a slasher film. So in this conversation, he explains that he shot a commercial in Cine Opera, a long time ago, wow. which is how okay. he found this theater. And he said this thing that I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of cool. So I guess in Uruguay, they have Un Dia del Cine Nacional uh-huh. every year. Ever since the year 2005, they have a national movie day where it's between October and December. They pick a day where all movie theaters and all movies are either free or with a very big discount. And they play Uruguayan wow. film and everything and so Maxi filmed the commercial for El Dia de Cine Nacional and he filmed it in Cine Opera and when he was in there he was like something belongs in this movie theater yes and Cine Opera is the actual salas the rooms where you watch the movies are very much updated now but the entrance the lobby which is the staircase we see and the boleteria Mm -hmm. he wanted that old school vibe from like the 90s that really movie theater feeling and that's what Cine Opera had nice so I (laughs) I googled Cine Opera Mm -hmm. and it's uh, owned by Cartelera Cartelera I guess is the owner of all the it's like the AMC or like the brand that has all the movie theaters Mm -hmm. and it only it has two salas Two pantallas. Okay. It's aire acondicionado. It has <laughs> butecas ergonométricas, mm. which means ergonomic seats. There is Dolby Digital Sound. Yes, there is calefacción. There's a heater if you need it. Uh, and Lovely. there is a bar. Very important. <laughs> so the price for a ticket is 150 Uruguayan pesos. And bathrooms are in a good state. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, on the Uike Horror World Tour 20 whenever it will happen if and when we are in Montevideo we are absolutely going to go totally see going in to... this movie theater yeah and uh, <laughs> the movies playing there right now as of today are Free Guy <laughs> uh, Rapidos y Furiosos 9 hey, which is Fast and which Furious 9 yeah <laughs> 
un jefe en pañales dos negocios de familia which I believe is uh, Big Boss Baby or Boss ba Baby Boss Baby Boss Baby 2 yeah. and uh, un lugar en silencio parte 2 which I believe is um, A Quiet Place A Quiet Place 2 uh -huh. but the actual movie theater like the seats and where they shot it was Exala Cinemateca 18 which is a different movie theater oh, um, okay. and that place was the inside where the screen and everything mm -hmm. and so they often hold film festivals in that movie theater and it's more of a indie film and a foreign film theater less like popular kind of movies mm -hmm. outside of it they have a huge mural that has Fellini Hitchcock Luis Buñuel and Lucrecia Martel are the four directors that are painted as saints on this huge mural with like a saint halo around it Fellini is very cool yeah Fellini is holding a, a loudspeaker Hitchcock has a, a Raven on him. Buñuel is holding something, and which I can't really tell what it is. And then Lucrecia Martel is holding a tiny like photograph camera, which is very cool. Yeah. My last piece of trivia is, I guess, Locotas Empanadas is a very famous empanada place in Uruguay. And their website, locotas.com.uy, says, Bienvenidos al mundo de locotas. Desde de hace más de 30 años, so they, they've wow. been around for 30 years, we have worked on feeding Uruguayos with our delicious and exclusive empanadas. Oh, we're going there too. We gotta go, and I just want to say that they have vegan empanadas, if you'd like. They've got oh. vegetable, meat, plenty of cheese. They also sell pizzetas, if you're in the mood for a tiny pizza. Okay. And also, if you're watching your cholesterol, all, they have empanadas sin sal. So, <laughs> so that's the end. They got end. you covered. <laughs> they got you covered. That's the end of my trivia. I absolutely love it. So, first of all, let's talk briefly about Radio Los Ojos de la Noche. This was, so I found this from YouTube. You can actually find like a little video on there that plays you that that same thing that's like Radio Ojos de la Noche whatever whatever and it plays a heart song I think cool under that YouTube video it says the Del Sol Night program was hosted and devised by Daniel Jorge it aired during the night slash early morning from 99.5 of FM Del Sol throughout the 90s I looked up Daniel Jorge but unfortunately I couldn't find anything but that's just a fun little thing about that radio station so okay now let's okay this was l like oh, i don't know who translated this but i'm gonna try my best so let's talk about the song que pasa by jazzy mel this is from discogs.com discogs.com <laughs> okay, so when <laughs> when Anna is in, I believe when she's in the projection room studying, this song, Que Pasa, starts to play for a moment. And it's end. that fun, dancey house song that plays. So let's talk about this. So Jazzy Mel is Mario Antonio Pietrusca Chamorro, a rapper, singer, and songwriter from Uruguay. He was born in Toledo, Montevideo, May 28th hey, of 1966. Right before Johnny. It was in Brazil where he began his recording 
recording career in the late 80s, rapping in English and under the name of Jazzy Mel Rock. It was Wait, edited by What? Yeah. It was edited by TNT Records, a label of it says San Pablo, I'm assuming that's San Paulo. Right. There he would edit two discs, becoming one of the pioneers of the genre in South America. I don't remember this person. Me either, but I'm assuming that we probably heard this on the radio growing up in Brazil. I think we probably did. Was he rapping in Portuguese? No, it's in Spanish. It's in Spanish. Yeah, so maybe not in Brazil. Maybe that's why. I don't think so. Maybe this is why we didn't hear this. Yeah. So without doubt, 1991 was the year of the rap in Argentina. In the very successful, what? Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. In the very successful was the ability to travel to Europe. (laughs) I'm Listen. He tried his luck in In France. the very successful was the ability. (laughs) Oh, my God. He, okay, he tried his luck in France, went to Italy, and returned with a new production. Jazzy Mel remixes Europeos, Just Say Yeah, mixed in a Belgian study. (laughs) Okay, what? In its heyday, it sold 150,000 fucking copies and attracted over 5,000 people per show at concerts at the Opera Theater. Anyway, you can find his full album with the song Que Pasa on Spotify. I nice. found it, and I'm telling you, the song's fun. Like, it's a fun bop. And last but not least, it was indeed a Crocodile Dundee 2 standee poster thing down there. I found one online. You can literally find an old-ass one you can bid on, which uh, I'm not going to do that. But if you want it, it's yours. And... <laughs> That's my trivia for today. Fantastic. How about I ask you some questions? Please. Johnny, were you scared? Yes. Were you? Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. I got, I was fucking there scared. Were some good, there were some good scares in there. Yeah. What was your best scare? I'm going to say it was Anna with the flashlight when it went out, and then she looks down, and the fucking killer is just staring up at her. Ooh, that gave me the chills. What about you? That's literally mine as well. Oh, it was good. A real, real creep. Although, I will say- Simple and creepy. I will say this isn't like, it's not the same kind of scare, but mm-hmm. the cutting off of his own eyeball was uh, was pretty fucking awful, too. Yeah. No, there were, there were definitely a lot of scary moments in this movie. I definitely screamed the most at the eyeball but was like the uh, most like uh, by that vision of him standing there for sure who was your favorite character i'm gonna give it to angela because i didn't like her and she grew on me and i was so upset when she died but i've got to also give it to anna because she she's our hair she's she's very laurie strode I'm going to say, like, it feels very homage to Laurie Strode, so I'll give it to the two of them. What about you? I'm going to give it to (laughs) Mauricio because (laughs) there was something about him since the beginning, just him walking in and being like, sir, can you stop being crazy? And then he'd be like, they're not paying me enough for this. And him, like, walking in and being like... (laughs) Hey, uh, so what's your fucking sign? I was just like, I don't know. There was something about this guy that I really enjoyed. Oh, I like that. And not only that, but I'm going to give it to fucking Comeojos, dude. I thought he was really creepy. Yes. That shot of his face while he was 
eating an eyeball was at, uh, he was so scary so good so good. absolutely yes what was your best line toma loco de mierda when anna <laughs> stabs him in the eye with that huge shard of glass it was just a great yeah. moment i love that line so that's what I, that's that's going to take it for me what about you for me it was acá nadie ve nada solo mm. películas de morondanga just because, like, there were so many moments where Anna looks out of her little projection window and, like, things are happening or somebody's dead or whatever and she doesn't see anything. Yeah. People are dying all around. Like, an old man is suffocated and has his eyeballs gouged out and nobody In hears. plain view. Yeah. Nada aquí. Nadie ve nada. And I was That's like, why it works. And quite literally, aquí nadie ve nada because their eyeballs have been pulled eyeballs. out of their heads. Yeah. yeah. But like her saying, Maria Julia saying that line, perfect setup yeah. for that. What was your best death? Ooh, dude, oh, dude. There's so many. Tough. Okay, so I have two again. The fucking neck slice with the smoke coming out and poor Angela with the head slam because it upset me so much. But I think neck slice has got to take it. It was so good. Yeah. What about you? For me, I also had two. Neck slice for sure, just because Mm -hmm. that close up and the smoke coming out was just fantastic absolutely and i fucking love the kebabbing of the head hell yeah just... oh my god <laughs> the, that fucking slice through like just a fucking stab through the face yeah two through two faces yeah. uh top notch there were no throwaway murders in this not movie. at all yeah did you learn anything from the culture no i don't think so what about you me neither no not really no how many ooies do you give this movie? Okay, I'm going to give this movie four ooies. I fucking loved it. You know, just coming from Muñeco Viviente, which you know I enjoyed, I see the growth, I see the love for film that he puts into his movies. I was invested, I cared about the characters, the kills were fucking cool, so I'm going to give it four. What about you? I'm giving it four. <laughs> hey! Nice. I agree in that it builds very much. It's absolutely a love letter to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you just have to sit and wait for the moments to happen. Mm-hmm. And when they happen, they are so satisfying. Yeah. There's not a deep story behind it, which I am absolutely fine with. I don't need anything. Like, I don't need the huge reveal of who the killer is. I love that or we like, didn't. Why? why? No. I really appreciate the fact that this is just a fucking crazy guy who wants to eat eyeballs. Yeah. And, I, and you're just like, cool, I'm here and I'm living in it. Not for a moment was I like, but why is he eating eyeballs? I was just Never. like, damn, that's disgusting and scary. So much fun. Yeah. So great to see practical murders and uh, good goopy shit and like... <laughs> yeah. It's just, we love it, we was, love a gross out like <laughs> I am learning through this medium through like our podcast and our movie club that I've always been a zombie gal but turns out I'm also like a goopy gal I like the goop stuff yeah not necessarily like guts I like the goop <laughs> sure yeah no I get it you know what I mean you're like you're a little so, bit of a gore fiend yeah 
why not? A little bit. A gorehound, I guess, is what you would, what we would call you. Yeah. Sure. Girl. Sniff them out. Be proud. So am I. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I hate to leave this movie theater, but- Me too. I had such a great time. Got a crunch on top of them popcorn on the ground and wash your hands before you head out because something's always sticky when you're there. Don't and, slip. Uh, There's a lot of water in that bathroom. Yeah. And probably blood now. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We appreciate every single one of you. Make sure and see this movie. Please do it. Give it the the eyeballs, quite literally, <laughs> that it needs because it's so fun. It's a classic slasher. You will have a fun time. Yes. And after you do that, listen to our episode and then go over to subscribe and then maybe rate us and maybe then review us. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell anybody. Follow us on our redes sociales at Wikiorror on Insta and Twitter. Send us an email over at Wikiorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for hosting us and being a great platform for Latinx content. You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast over on Twitter and Instagram as well. And, you know, if you're going to go to a movie now that times are kind of like semi-returning to normal sure. uh, every now and then, you never know. But if you do choose to go to a movie, do it safely. Know where your exits are. Don't look at your shoes. Do not look at your shoes. Keep your eyes peeled. And um, (laughs) if you see a guy with a hooded sweatshirt in the back. And a little ice cream scoop. And a little ice cream scoop. I think maybe save your movie for another day. Yeah, you you can go see it some other time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you're the you're my most favorite person to watch movies with. So maybe one day we'll go to the movie theaters together again. I cannot wait till that happens. It'll be a lot of fun, and I'll be ready yes. for any murderers out there. Me too. We're prepared. We are fully prepared. Bitch, we watch plenty. <laughs> we know how to take care of ourselves. We know the rules. Uh, I fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.